You are listening to Infertility Bites. Infertility Bites, but it bites a bit less when you're not alone. I am your host, Casey, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in this journey, my co-captain, my lovely wife, Sarah. Hello. This podcast, we are documenting um, our struggles with infertility. As people who went through this journey, we feel it's important to share. It's also important, however, to remember that we are not doctors or experts or even specialists or anything. We're just people who went through this and know what uh, it's like. So um, we're going to leave all the medicine to the doctors, but we're going to help you guys uh, through the journey yourself by talking about our story and some other stuff that... um, is pertinent to people dealing with infertility. Yep. Handing out support mm-hmm. too. Um we're gonna talk this this time about something that we probably should have covered a while ago on this. Uh because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's the society we live in, it's the world we live in right now. COVID. COVID nineteen and its effects on people dealing with infertility. Uh, that other people don't necessarily have to deal with. Uh, yes, if you're uh, pregnant through traditional means during COVID, you've got your own sets of worries, and I'm not trying to diminish those at all. Oh, no. But there is a whole second set of problems and, and stuff to deal with for the infertility crowd. Um, and... I've been seeing a lot of posts on uh, the groups that I'm a member of and the groups that Sarah's a member of about, you know, is this doctor's office open? Is this something that uh, they're doing? What are their policies on spouses? So on and so forth. So I thought it was a good time for us to kind of talk about it. Um, to start off, during any typical year in America, over 75,000 babies are born using some result of uh, assisted reproductive technology that means ivf or iui or any of the the variety of of help seventy five thousand in the united states more than i expected um and so I i was looking up some statistics here and resolve which is the national infertility association um they surveyed infertility patients across the country from april to may of last year 79% of the respondents agreed that fertility clinic closures would have a negative impact on them, and 58% said that their clinics did not provide them with adequate mental health resources to help them cope with the changes. And that's something that's important to talk about, the mental side of this, because infertility is a lot of medical and a lot of physical stuff, but there's a mental side in it. Well, I mean, just, just the mental issues we went through not going through a pandemic. I, I can't even imagine a pandemic that we've never seen before. You don't know the outcome. You don't know how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's already enough stresses when you're just, when all you want is just a baby. Yeah. And that's the deal is it's it's two layers of stress on it. It's stressful enough to have a baby to add in this extra stress of, going through all of these treatments and many of them now going through them alone. Um, yeah. You know, I we talk about it, but when uh, Sarah and I went in for our implanting, um, I was able to sit at the head 
of the, of the table that the Sarah was down on and hold her hands and stroke her hair as she went through this. And we were able to do some wonderful things. We were able to watch uh, them actually load the embryos up in, in the... Uh, whatever it's called. I don't even know the medical no, term for I don't it. Remember. Um, the device to bring it over and implant. Uh, but COVID gets in the way of that. And uh, husbands, spouses are not allowed in the room due to restrictions. And so I've been seeing reports of people who, you know, like had their spouse on FaceTime. So they were holding their camera. One of the nurses would hold the the phone up in front of the the spouse as this all happened, um, and that's a stress that we didn't have to deal with, and most people don't have to deal with, but the infertility crowd does right now. Well, and I got I got to be honest. I mean, not even just you not even being in the room with me is one thing, but I remember just walking upstairs to where we were going. And I'd be having many panic attacks and just knowing Casey was there like, babe, you got this. You're okay. I mean, considering you can't even have that. You can't even have anyone. I mean, when I had to do uh, the retrieval, I mean, that was, I mean, it was, you, they knocked you out. I mean, and my first time ever doing that, I was so nervous. And Casey was right there right before they wheeled me into the room. And he was right there when I woke up and... I mean, my heart just aches for people to know that they're going in and waking up with their other significant other just because of what's going on in the world. I just, mm-hmm. I know it's got to be hard. And that's not even talking about the stresses of not knowing whether your clinic is going to be open to do um, the actual procedures. Yeah. You know, there's this added uncertainty going on right now where people, you know, are like, hey, my my hormones are hitting the right level, my ovulation's hitting the right point, and so on and so forth. I don't know if my clinic is going to allow me to do the retrieval or do the procedure today. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this or if we're just going to be putting it off for another month and then another month and then another month. Um, and so I did look up some statistics. I looked up some information both for more locally around Nebraska and then uh, just some stuff from from nationwide to kind of, I hope, help people through this a bit. Uh, The first is, um, as far as I can tell, the local clinics are all still doing their stuff. They're just doing it, like I said, with restrictions of only one person and so on and so forth. Um, But... Uh, that's that's not the the end of all things, you know. There's still the COVID going on. There's still all of this, yeah. so we don't know, you know, if if a doctor in a clinic uh, comes down with COVID, they might have to shut down the clinic temporarily while all the other people get tested and 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 get checked. So there's still uncertainty with that. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, link to all of the articles that I used uh, when researching this in the doobly-doos for this episode. So if you want to read more about this, you want to dive in a little deeper, um, that's going to be all in the in the, in the info. Um, recently, uh, this, is, this article is actually from back in September, but 
um, it still is an effect. But a study from the American Society of Reproductive Medicine uh, in conjunction with the Canadian Fertility and Andrology Society, they found um, they used online social media advertising to recruit women from both Canada and the United States who reported having their fertility treatments suspended and they invited them to participate in an online survey. The women who were aged between 25 and 45 had been trying to conceive between 5 and 180 months. More than half had had an IVF cycle canceled and approximately one third had been in the middle of IUI when treatments were suspended. Overall, 86% of respondents reported that treatment suspensions had a negative impact on their mental health, and 52% reported significantly uh, significant depression symptoms. They did find that neither age, education, income, or number of children correlated to the effect of treatment suspension on mental health or quality of life. So, I mean, that's a, a big thing there that these people who did have to have their their treatment suspended found that they were battling some mental health problems mm-hmm. because of that. And I, I don't blame them because that's... Because you said this was back in September. We were still in the midst of figuring things out. I don't even think mm-hmm. there was an antidote yet. And yeah, they hadn't it, it's the like, vaccine yet. I mean, and so, yeah, we got the vaccine now. But, I mean, I... I I wonder if if you were like in the middle, like, I wonder how payment went. I mean, I mean, because see, to me, that would also be another, like. That's that's definitely a stress that there. That would have been. Uh, ultimately, as far as I can tell with fertility treatment, if they have to suspend it in the middle, you I mean, because like, if that would have happened to us. You're I mean, just out of that money. I mean, the big the big expense always is the final procedure, the implantation. So, but you would have been out all the money for drugs and all of that stuff um, going up to it. They did say, however, that other factors were found to positively influence these outcomes. Uh, Lowering levels of defensive pessimism, uh, greater infertility acceptance, better social support, and less avoidance of infertility reminders were all associated with less significant decline in mental health. So they said the study highlights how enormously challenging the COVID-19 pandemic has been for women whose fertility treatment have been suspended. At the same time, it points to certain factors that may help women cope during this difficult time, such as having good social support. And that's something that we've talked a lot on this show about, how important it is for you to have support in your family, but even support online. Join one of these Facebook groups um, where you can talk to other people who know what's going on. Listen to podcasts and, and of other people who are dealing with it. That's why we support, started this one, to help support people there. Reach out to people because... who, are, who are going through it because there's a whole lot of um, support out there for people and it's important for your mental health. Because you do, I mean, it just seems like inevitable that you are going to feel alone. You're going to feel like you're the only one going through this. And man, the minute you get online, I mean, there's just hundreds of stories. I try to respond to people if I think I can help them, if I remember, you know, because, you know, any little bit of help is just wonderful. And, but yeah, getting online is really important, you know, especially if you, if you don't feel like you have that at home or, uh, 
I mean, like, if your family, I'm talking about your parents, I'm hoping your, your significant other is supporting of this. But, I mean, yeah, it's definitely just important to get out there so you don't feel alone. Yeah. So, according to Resolve, uh, they did a nice fact um, uh, cheat sheet for COVID and fertility. They said um, that it's important to remember that there can be a difference between clinics and hospital clinics, right? Um, clinics that are part of the hospital have to adhere to what the hospital is allowing in terms of care. Um, clinics maybe have been forced to have closed by state or, or local regulations. Because they're not part of a hospital, it can affect them differently. Each state is different. That's why I said, uh, fortunately, here in Nebraska, as far as I can tell, none of the clinics had to uh, be closed for any extended period of time. Um, but but your mileage may vary wherever you're at. Um, sometimes, like I said, they could be closed because a staff or a doctor may have had COVID and had to do that. Um, some have to close for short periods of time as they institute procedures. Those all things happen. So what can you do? Well, the important thing is talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor about what options you have. If they're closing down the clinic or restricting things, ask them about telehealth. See if they, you, they can do some of this stuff remotely. A lot of doctors and clinics are working on this where instead of visiting the clinic and doing something face-to-face, you can FaceTime with them and do telehealth and uh, get at least movement going on. Because at least you can do your, like, initial... Mm -hmm. Your initial consultations, your updates, anytime that they don't need to do a procedure like blood work or something like that, they might be able to do that telehealth-wise. Um. Ask your doctor if there's any regulations the state or local municipality is is enforcing that are going to prevent them from caring for you. Uh, see if if they are seeing patients for just some procedures, and what criteria that they are using to figure out which ones and whether your diagnosis fits within that. Um, if they're not seeing patients and the state does not have regulations preventing them. Ask them when they plan to reopen and how they will handle patients, most importantly you, when they open. The important thing for this is that you are your best advocate. You have the right to ask questions and you have a right to discuss your care with your doctor. So don't don't be afraid to be, I hate to say, a little pushy with this. But you are are the one who has to fight for this the most. And I mean, and if they are not sure, say... Is there someone close by that is open? That I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that's another option. Yes. I understand. I mean, we we, we love absolutely Dr. love Dr. Delaney, but, but if, if we ran this into some happened, money, we could have done something. But they're mm-hmm. closed. I would call Dr. Delaney and be like, "Who would you recommend? Who can we go to instead?" What so can we do? that's another option. Then they also uh, an important thing to just think about is is your mental. Taking care of your mind, your heart, your spirit, all of that stuff. Because in addition to all of the stresses of infertility normally brings, there's a whole lot that that comes mentally uh, added on with COVID. 
So um, some suggestions that they had is like uh, looking to see if if there's a yoga studio that does online classes so that you don't have to go there and and risk contamination or anything like that. But you can do it at home and do something to relax your mind, relax your body, all of that stuff. Spending extra time outdoors. Um, go for a nature walk. I mean, these are all things that have been shown to be safe for COVID as long as it's not a crowded area. Yeah. You can go for a walk, spend some time outdoors. Uh, Sarah and I occasionally just take a drive, right? Yeah, that's just... been kind of our our go-to is Sundays. It's like, mm-hmm. let's take a drive. Because, yeah. I mean, there was a point for a while during COVID where I, because I, was sent home to work i literally wasn't going anywhere because you were the only one going to the stores so our drive on sunday was my own like little sanity mm-hmm. because it's like i never left the house really they say uh take time to prepare n- nourishing meals don't just order fast food all the time inflammation is a side effect of endometriosis and pcos and just about every other medical or reproductive issue so focusing on nourishing anti-inflammatory diet can help keep inflammation at bay, which has inherent reproductive health benefits. Use mindfulness apps. You can get those apps on your phone that help you go through breathing, help you go through meditation steps, things like that to, to kind of help calm your mind. I need that just for everyday life, it seems like. Jeez. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, breathing. Um, I, it's, it's, I'll give you a piece of advice that I use myself that is shows off exactly how nerdy I am because I am a huge nerd. What? Um, but um, the one of my favorite book series, it's being turned into a movie coming out soon, is Dune. And in Dune, there's a reoccurring thing called the Litany Against Fear. And it's, it's just a litany that you can repeat to yourself when things are getting stressful or whatever. And I know it's super nerdy that I'm using something from a sci-fi book, but it, I've found it definitely helps me. So the litany against fear. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. When it is gone, I shall turn an inner eye to its path. Where it has gone, there shall be nothing. Only I shall remain. And then you repeat it. And Very nice. I, it, it helps you calm down. So that's something that you can do. Uh, I know it helps me. And then the last one on this list is join a fertility support group. Whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever. Or just a, a local group that just uh, uses Facebook Messenger to talk to each other. Or, or whatever. Just some people you can talk to because that is absolutely key to surviving through an infertility uh, battle is is knowing that you're not alone and consistently um, being reminded that other people are, are going through this with you and other people are rooting for you and pulling for you and, and hoping for the best and uh, going to cheer on every victory and help you mourn every every setback. So, oh yeah. So th- those are some things that that I think can help people through COVID. Like I said, there's a whole lot more in these articles. These articles I talked to, 
uh, I talked about um, one of them goes through and, and literally talks to four or five different women who are were in various stages of their infertility treatment during COVID and what had to happen and what changes. Um, one of them's an a, a interview with a doctor uh, who's dealing with infertility and what they kind of think. There's a lot of some great information there. So like I said, I'm going to link all of those in the show doobly-doos for this episode. So make sure to head over and check those out because they're really some great information out there. Again, I'm not an expert. I lean on other experts. These people know what they're talking about. But um, on that note, I think we're going to start to wrap things up. Well, we don't have another story to tell today. I've, I've said repeatedly. We need stories. We need your story. This show works best when I have stories to tell. Um, our story is wonderful. We're, we love telling our story. We're almost done with our story. We've been sidetracked a bit with other stuff. We're almost done with our story. We need your stories. This show works best when we have your stories. So um, if you are ready to share your story, there's going to be a link, going to be a flow page in the show notes that's going to give you a link straight to the form to fill out to help us tell your story on our thing. If you want to be anonymous, we're more than happy to keep it anonymous. We do think there's a benefit to you to sharing it with your name. Um, we've said before that when we went public with our GoFundMe um, and suddenly everyone around us knew what we were going through instead of it being the silent struggle that we had to do ourselves, uh, it was a huge weight off our shoulders and I don't know if we would have been successful if we hadn't done that. The GoFundMe didn't bring in a ton of money, but the support that it brought in is oh. important. Um, and so, but if you want to be anonymous, we're more than happy to do that way. And it also um, just alleviates so much stress. Just, you just kind of feel like all this weight's lifted off mm-hmm. you once everyone knows. If you're uh, one of the people who we've already told your story, uh, but you've got an update, let us know. We'd love to share any updates, happy, we sad updates. We'll, we'll share them so other people can, can help you mourn through that too. Um, but those are those are great ways uh, to help us out and help yourself out, I think, as well. If you're not ready to share your story, but you are comfortable with sharing this podcast with your friends and family on your social media, that's a great way to help us out as well. Just share it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Um, it gets it out there so more people can listen. We can uh, spread the love that way. Um But on that note, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap things up. Um, As always, may your dreams of tiny feet be answered soon. We're going to let our own little scientific miracle send us off with hugs and kisses. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. I love you. Hello. Hello. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.